Hello, Chair City Church. So glad you joined us today. We uh, have a saying that we uh, got from Andy Stanley, pastor down in Georgia, and it's your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. And I'm going to add something uh, prior to that that I think would come before that, and that's what you focus on determines your direction. I see it in my life often. Some people intend to go in one direction, but they're focused on something else, and they go in a different direction, meaning uh, different than, and, and they land in a, in a different place, right? It's like I didn't intend to go there, but I arrived here. I had these values or, or these goals or these, you know, objectives, but it's not where I landed. I'm over here, not where I had sort of hoped to be or desired to be. And that's because your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. And your direction is determined by what you focus on. If you're going to college or you have an, an occupation, it, it really could uh, substantiate a lot of what you're focusing on. And you tend to build your life around what you're focused on. When we talk about following Jesus, believing in Jesus, well, we want to say those words, I believe in Jesus, in the context of I am focused on Jesus, my eyes and my heart are fixed on Jesus, and I am building my life around Jesus. I want to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. What are you focused on? What has your attention? Last week, we started a series called Happy Trails, and we are looking into the Psalms of Ascents. We mentioned that in ancient times, the Jewish people would travel up to Jerusalem for the Jewish festivals, in particular three, the Passover feast, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and they were coming together. They were connecting with each other. They were building community to worship God, to celebrate God, so they could see God for who he is and what he had done and what he was doing. And they would sing these songs, these psalms of ascent, as they were going up to Jerusalem and, and preparing their heart to worship and celebrate their God. You see, they were getting ready for something greater than themselves. When we are coming together as, as, as a church, the body of Christ, we're, we're coming together to be part of something that's greater than ourselves. That's one of the significance of having church community. Today, we're going to jump into Psalm 122. Psalms are right at the center of your Bible for the most part. Psalm 122, verses 1 through 2 reads, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. I want you to see something here, and that is that you and I should be excited to be the church. In verse 1, the psalmist says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The psalmist, who's likely King David, he, he's joyful to go to the house of the Lord. He's going to the place that Jewish people built themselves, 
a place, a house of worship to, to worship God, to sacrifice to God. It's where God would meet his people. Now, you and I, because of what Jesus did on the cross, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, we don't have to meet with God in, in a particular building or a location. Because of what Jesus did, God sent his Holy Spirit to be with us, to dwell in us. We are God's temple here on earth. And as we say at Chester City Church, the church is not something we necessarily go to. The church is who we are. It's, it's who I am. And we say that because it's what the Bible teaches. So David says, hey, I'm glad to go to the house of God. Likewise, we want to be now, how do we apply that to our lives here today? We want to be glad and excited about being the church. And we also want to be glad and excited about coming together as a church. This is an extraordinary uh, dynamic that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. You see, the church is God's called out people, those who are chosen by God, set apart by God. It's not people who are perfect, but those who are forgiven of their sins because of what Jesus did. When they place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they're not perfect, but they're forgiven. Not everybody here has done that. We're hopeful. We're very glad that you are with us and joining us and watching. One of the reasons that we can have joy in being excited about following Jesus, about journeying through this life, about passing through this life to another place to go up, is that when we become a follower of Christ, we become part of the church. And the church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. I'm, I'm excited about that. Every year of my life, I become more and more excited about that. Are you excited about being the church? Are you excited about coming together and gathering together with others who are also the church? One of the distinguishing characteristics of Chair City Church that I believe contributes to our being such an effective and enjoyable community is that a good number of people show up on Sunday and they have that mindset, you know, that, that they are the church. Doesn't mean they're living out their lives perfectly. Doesn't mean that they have everything in common and they agree on everything. They don't. There's a lot of differences. Usually when people come together for a particular, you know, kind of a cause, they, they, they all agree on, for the most part, if not almost entirely about, you know, that, that the same way about that cause or that purpose. It's like when I, you know, and... And, you know, you can kind of stick out if you don't. Like, you know, when I go to a Red Sox game and everyone there, a lot of people have Red Sox gear on and they're rooting for the Red Sox, everybody but me. And it's, it's kind of cool. I always said it's really, as a Yankee fan, it's rather enjoyable to go to a Red Sox game because when you root for the Red Sox, you know, the response to the fans around you are like, go back to your car or, you know, good old Yankees suck. But, man, if you, if you did that stuff at Yankee Stadium, you go to Yankee Stadium, you for, you for the other team, let alone Boston, they, I mean, they'll hit you. They, they will pelt you with objects. I know they'll call you some extraordinarily, really unpleasant things. But Boston is like, you know, cool. It's like property. It's, it's okay. But I'm not rooting for the Red Sox, but everybody else, they are. They're rooting for the Red Sox. 
They're supporting them. They're representing them. They got this kind of commonality there, right? And so it's kind of, you know, easy to kind of get drawn into that and get excited about that. A Red Sox fan, you know, they're all gelling right there. And even though for the most part, other than that commonality, they're probably very, very different. Uh, and, and so in this time of leisure and, 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 and laid back and fun, common. But outside of that, wow, there's so many differences about them. Now, we as a church, we have a lot of differences, a lot of views, a lot of different opinions. But what we, but what we do have in common, it's not just the Red Sox. It's, it, 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 it's, it's not that, you know, hiking a mountain. What we have in common is Jesus. And this is powerful. And this sets us apart. We what we have in common is that we were saved by Jesus Christ. We believe as followers of Christ, as being the church, that Jesus gave his life for us. That we all agree on. Different nationalities, different lifestyles, different interests, different views. But because we believe in Jesus, we then believe Jesus has called us to be the church. We're excited about that. And, and, and think about, would you wear a shirt, would you wear a shirt or a jersey or a hat that's a Cheer City Church? And if someone asked you out in public, hey, you know, what's that about? Oh, what is that? Would you say, hey, well, well this is a place where I got, uh, my life was changed. Or this is a place where I'm a, uh, you know, I, I'm a part of, it's, it's a meaningful part of, of who I am and what I do. And together I gather with others and we change people's lives and we're, we're making a, a positive difference in this community. You see, you and I, we as a church, we get to come together and do extraordinary things. We get to see wonderful things happen in people's lives. In our midst. So we want to be excited about the church and being the church. We want to be excited about going to church. We do. And they are two different things intertwined, coming together, extraordinarily dynamic, most effective, and life-changing. And together we get to proclaim and celebrate the name of Jesus. We get to grow together. I do think that enemy wants us to get to a place of thinking, you know what, the church, yeah, the, the church, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's optional. It's just like, you know, it's a, it's a nice thing to do. It's, you know, if you can kind of fit it in here and there, it's like nice to add to the, you know, what we assemble is what we think, you know, faith in God is. It's, it's optional. Listen, that's not how Jesus saw it. He gave his life a rescue mission for you and I. That you and I would come to place their faith in Jesus. And that when a person places their faith in Jesus, they now are part of the body of Christ, the church. They are part of something. It's who they are. We, you and I, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ in this world as the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Jesus in the greater Gardner area as the body of Christ. You and I, are, we're just journeying through life. We're passing through to, to something greater. And while we're doing that, we want to be excited about being the church and being part of the church. So you are the church. Though because you are the church, you are part 
of the body of Christ. So you are part of something greater than yourself in coming together rather than being individual, in, be, just being an individual on your own. And we're excited about coming together to sacrifice our resources, our gifts, our talents, our time, our efforts to, to worship God in such a way. And then we do. We see the positive difference that we make in our lives. Truly, I don't know of no organization in the history of the world that in such a wide manner, with such depth over such a long period of time has made such a difference as the body of Christ, as the church. And we are still seeing that even now, perhaps more than ever, even though there's a lot of splintering of relationships and a community out there, fragmentation, I do believe that the church is strong and that relationships are being built. I do believe that. As relationships flounder out there, for the most part in society, maybe even are becoming more superficial even now, I think the church is strengthening. And, and I think that's what we want to be in. That's our intention. This is the opportunity for you and I as the body of Christ right now to be excited about being in the church, to, to desire to come together in as much as we possibly can in whatever way we can. Any opportunity given to us, whether it's a Sunday morning or, or a group online or, or a barbecue in the backyard or whatever it is that's presented to us. And we're going to have to be very creative in doing that. Like, I'm coming together. I am the church. This is who I am right now. More than anything else, more than a student, more than a, a, a carpenter, more than a dancer, more than someone who bows, more than anything else, I am the church and I am called to be part of the body of Christ and I'm looking for opportunities to come together to celebrate God, to worship God, to sacrifice myself to God more, to see how God is going to use me in his great plan for his church. And like David, let's be excited about that. Let's jump to Psalm 123. And it says there in Psalm 123, verse 1, To you I lift up my eyes, you God, who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to their hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her Mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God. What we see here is the way up is to look up. Just pause and let that settle in. Your intention, your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. And what determines your direction is what you're focused on. And if, you're, if you want to go up, if you want to go forward in a healthy, vibrant, life-giving way, then focus on God. Look up to the God in the heavens. Put your heart and your mind on God. The psalmist is looking to the God who dwells in, dwells in heaven. He's focusing on God. You see here, in doing that, He's seeing God for who he is. As, as he's posturing his heart in such a way, he's seeing God for all that God is. And in doing it, in that manner, that posture of heart, he's seeing a God who he can depend on. You see, it says there in the scripture, in Psalm 123, as the eyes of a servant can look to its masters, maidservants look to mistresses. So maids and maidservants, 
They looked to masters and mistresses as the person who they would depend on for their livelihood, as a person who would provide for them so that they could take care of them, you know, they could be taken care of. So we look to God from a heart of dependence. We, we look to God not to be independent of him, to see what we can absorb from him or extract from him to live our lives independent of him. No, but we look to God to be intertwined with him, dependent upon him. Now, that really rubs against a lot of our norms and what we're accustomed to because it's, it's inconsistent with the culture of our country, which is, has a lot of emphasis on individualism. You know, and, and when I was, as I'm going forward to get my degree in uh, counseling, some year, sometime, uh, I'll get it done and I'll wrap it all up. But there was a uh, kind of a glimpse or, uh, uh, into a class called um, multicultural counseling, and a professor came in and kind of gave us a taste of it. And there, what I saw was that Eastern cultures when somebody would have come for counseling and they would ask that person, for the most part, generally, how are you doing? They would respond from a place of thinking how they were, how their mother was, how their father was, how their family was doing, meaning they would respond from that manner, from that place of community thinking. Whereas if you were to ask, say, someone from a Western civilized country, like perhaps in particular America, they would ask, when asked the question, how are you doing? They would think of themselves. How are they doing for the most part? And, and, and when we are focused on ourselves, we are likely to depend on ourselves. And that's a lot of, lot of weight we put on ourselves to think it's just us. It's all up to us. We have to depend on ourselves and we focus on ourselves. You know, I've mentioned at times over the years that uh, early on in my journey of faith as I began to pass through this world, uh, perhaps just a couple of years into my following Jesus, about 30 years old, my brother, who I would say was an atheist at the time, sort of confronted me about my faith in Jesus. When I say my faith, he had witnessed, he had witnessed me growing more and more my enthusiasm for, for Jesus, for, for the church, to serve and give of my life to the church. And, and so he sort of confronts me and, 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 and on this and we, as we're having this discussion about kind of God and life. And then he just puts it out there. He tosses it out there and he says, you know, Dave, here's what, here's, here's what it comes down to. I, I get it. You think so highly of Jesus and all the, and all the church stuff. Stra I'm just going to tell you straight up. I think it's just an emotional crutch for you. Meaning, I'm just telling you what I think. Uh, all that you're talking about, you know, that you're raving about, or you, you, you're so um, committed to, and you think so well of, it's just a smokescreen. And, and just to avoid the truth, and that is that Jesus is like an emotional crutch for you. And I, I paused, and I, and I thought for a second, and I said, you know, you know, Mike, if you're saying that I need Jesus to live a better life, that I need Jesus to make it through the day, especially in a better way. If that's what you're saying, then yes, yes, Mike. Though he's so much more than just one crutch. I mean, he's, he, he's two crutches and the ground I walk on, Mike. I need Jesus. My brother, what he's saying is, hey, Dave, my idea of being strong, my idea of being well, 
It's to be able to be independent, to take care of myself. My brother is saying my idea of emotional wellness is not to need anyone at all. (laughs) And I'm saying, hey, Mike, my knowledge, what I've experienced, it's telling me that I am so much better when my strength is coming from Jesus. My emotional well-being comes from depending on God and being the church. We want to look to God in a way that we are dependent on him. Look up to the God who you are dependent upon. Look up to the God who you are trusting to provide for you and care for you. Paul says in the book of Acts, in him we live and move and have our being. I am so much less without God. I am so much less without the church. I can't fathom what I would be, who I would be, what my life would be without Jesus and without his church. I really believe that. When I look up to God, that's how I see him. So worthy for me to depend on. Now, some people, they don't look up to God. Some people look down on God. Some people look, you know, like kind of side to side when it comes to God. Like, you know, yeah, I I can do some things like we're partners. I do some things, you do some things, you know. If I can't get it done, then I'll turn to you, kind of looking for some assistance. Some look to God in a positive, like, yeah, thumbs up, you know. Nice job here and there. But you and I, we look up to God in a way that we depend on him for our very existence, for our life. And so, therefore, we gladly surrender ourselves to God because we are dependent on God and because we know we have freedom there. That when we look up to him and we depend on him, therein lies our freedom, our true freedom. The scripture says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus has freed us from the penalty and the dev- of sin, from the devastation of sin, of being a slave to sin. You and I want to be comfortable depending on God. I feel comfortable, glad to depend on God. We want to be comfortable, warm and fuzzy, that our strength comes from knowing God and trusting in God. We want to believe that freedom from all that ills us and weighs us down and trips us up comes from depending on God, that our lives are not our own. They were bought with a price. Jesus gave his life for Dave. Jesus gave his life for you. Some of us, we, we believe in Jesus, but, but when we look to God, we're just not depending on him. God calls us to that, and and there's a bit of resistance to it. God calls us to specific things in our life. Could be something to do with our lifestyle that needs to be adjusted, corrected. It could be a spiritual discipline like serving or giving, and God is calling us to do that, and we pause and we, we, we resist. Sometimes we totally abandon it. We put it off, you know, for another time, or we minimally participate in it. And it's a matter of dependence. God is calling us to to give more, to serve more, to sacrifice more, to make those changes in our life, to depend on Jesus. God is calling us to dependence. And if you don't have the posture, if you're not, you know, 
conditioned to be looking up to God as a God you depend on, you're going to struggle to do this. You're not going to be comfortable doing it. But the more that you do that, starting today with looking to God as I look up to God in the heavens and he is the God that I depend on, you are going to be so much more likely to Hear that still small voice that's calling you to do something, to change something, to to give of yourself more, to sacrifice more, to worship God. You're going to do that, and as you do that, you're going to know God in a greater way. You're going to experience the depth of what he has for you, and you're going to be more conditioned and more excited and glad to depend on God and simply more comforted that you have this God to look up to. Some of you, it's not easy to depend on God. But when we do that, we learn who God is. The psalmist says, we keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy. We keep looking to the Lord our God for mercy. Looking up to God and looking to God for mercy. As the psalmist is passing through this world and passing through life as we are, he catches himself. He pauses and catches himself thinking a certain way, taking on a certain mindset that's kind of creeping up in him. This is powerful. It's one of the things I I really do value and enjoy about the psalms. It it really gives us this this glimpse into the heart and mind of human beings, And, 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 and it To me, it's comforting that, wow, I mean, they were going through this and they struggled with this and they had these thoughts, because so do I. And and to see them, you know, vacillate between the different emotions and the different places they are with God, to me, it's just comforting. The psalmist writes in Psalm 123, verses 3 and 4, Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of content. Our soul has had more than enough of scorn of those who were at ease, of the contempt of the proud. I want want you to catch this. When you look up to God, when you're focusing on God, and it's a God who you depend upon, and you see his perfection, because you will, as you go before this living, loving God, as you go before God as Isaiah did in, 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 in Isaiah chapter 6, and he's this holy, holy, holy God, and he's a perfect God, you're likely to notice your own imperfections. That's what happens to me a lot, you know? And, and at times, those perfections, those imperfections, and that could be a subtle way of saying <laughs> some other more serious things. They, they, they can really stick out clearly. And the psalmist is saying, wow, <laughs> I'm looking up to God. I'm depending on God. I'm coming before God. And you know what? You know what I realized? I need God's mercy. Man, I, I am filled with some things. There are things that are on me right now, and they are not good. He's saying, man, I, I get I got this contempt. I got this pride going. And, and meaning, <laughs> hey, I know I should depend on you, God, as I look up to you. But there's a part of me. A prideful thing that I think it resists doing that. It's just not really what part of me wants to do. I I want to be more independent. I want to go at it my way. I'm itching to do that. 
God, have mercy on me. I want to acknowledge right now, this is what's going on inside of me. This is what's itching. This is what's clawing to, to, to take over. God, I see this. Have mercy on me. Sometimes we can get prideful. As believers in Jesus, no matter how long we've been out this Christian thing, no matter how long we've been journeying with Jesus, no matter how mature we might think we are in the faith, we still need to go before Jesus, to go before God and ask for his mercy. I, I, I've told you before, you know, when I, I'm going through my difficult times, I, I sense that there's something that's not well. And I, I'll sit before God and I'll just take a deep, 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 deep breath. Really, like to the point where I, I'm feeling all of my, my, my body. And then I'll just say, my God, have mercy on me, a sinner for Jesus' sake, because what Jesus did for me, have mercy on me in my sin, in my imperfection, in my mistake, in my arrogance, in my pride. <laughs> Psalm 73, David calls out, I am a brute beast before you, God. <laughs> he also goes on to say, whom do I have in heaven or earth but you? You are my portion. You are everything I need. You are my strength. God, have mercy on me. I need your forgiveness. And the thing is, you and I, we have that. The Bible says that we can come before the throne of mercy and grace with a boldness and a confidence because of the truth, the fact that Jesus gave his life for us, for me and you. Now, if you've never spoken to God in such a personal way, such an intimate way, this is your moment to do that. It's your opportunity to be honest with yourself and to be honest with God. God is here. He, he has readied you for this. He is stirring you. You have this opportunity, this moment to take a hold of. God is calling you to look up to him, not your past, not get taken over by your present, but to look up to him, to know that, he sent his only son, Jesus, his beloved son, for you, that you would have eternal life to take away your sins, to remove your shame, and to take those sins and to place it on Jesus, that when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see the muck and the mire of you. He sees his beloved son and his righteousness. God loves you. He is with you. He is doing the work in you right now to take you up with him, and the way up is to trust in Jesus Christ right now where you are. Believe in Jesus, and you begin by having that personal conversation. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. God, forgive me of these sins. Forgive me of the things that I've done that I, I didn't know to look up. I, I, I didn't really know to depend on anything other than myself or how I could keep this thing together. I didn't know that Jesus goes before me and keeps it all together. But now I want to give my life to you. I want to trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Today I want to follow Jesus. If you are speaking like that right now to God, and you've come to that place, the Bible says the old is gone and new is here, that you are a new creation, <laughs> that you are now depending on God. At the end of my message, and even right now, you might look at the bottom of the screen and you're going to see a text number perhaps or a link, depending if you're on a, what device you're on. 
Just engage one of those text or link and it'll bring you to a form. And, and you can complete that form and it's letting us know that you've had this moment where you've given your life to God now. You're looking up to God. You're going to depend on Jesus Christ. You're going to follow Jesus. You're going in the right direction. You're focused on what is right. You're building your life around the one true God, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Complete that form and send it in. We'll send you out a package to support you in what you're doing. It's a cool little package. And we'll also be praying for you sincerely. My friends, let's keep looking up. Let's keep going up now more than ever. Let us see God do his work in our lives. We are the church. Let us be the church. There are things going on right now during this crisis. We are seeing a lot of things popping up in people's lives that are not encouraging, even in our own lives. Let's go before God and let's ask for his mercy. Let's ask forgiveness. Let's be sensitive to what he's doing. Let's depend on him. Let's be excited about being the church. Let's be excited about coming together as the church. Today is the day that God wants us to come closer to him and closer to one another, one another as the church, as we look up. I miss you. I'm praying for you. To God be the glory.